0: God bless you this morning. Good job, worship team. Uh, There was one incorrect statement made, though. She said our pastor's wife didn't know she was a preacher. I've known for 23 years that she's a preacher. She, She preaches to me all the time. So I knew she had it in her. Praise God. Good, good worship this morning. He is a good father, amen? Aren't you glad that he came running to you? That God didn't leave it up to us to... Somehow find or earn our way uh, to His forgiveness and into His heart. Uh, we've got His love right off the bat. Amen. I'm thankful for that this morning. So, uh, grab your Bible this morning and turn to the Book of Psalm chapter 124. If you take your Bible and split it right in the middle, you'll be pertineer there. Okay. Uh, Kelsey gets on to me for saying pertineer, but I like to say it. <laughs> Psalm chapter 124. We're gonna re- read this whole chapter. It's just uh, eight verses, but what we find in this chapter is the, really it's the great story of God's people. Let's read it here in Psalm chapter 124, starting in verse one. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, let Israel say, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side, when people rose up against us, then they would have swallowed us up alive. When their anger was kindled against us, then the flood would have swept us away. The torrent would have gone over us. Then over us would Then over us would have gone the raging waters. Blessed be the Lord. Everybody say, blessed be the Lord. Amen. Who has not given us as prey to their teeth. We have escaped like a bird from the snare of the fowlers or the bird hunter. The snare is broken and we have escaped. That's why we were able to sing praises unto God today is because though we were bound by sin and death and destruction, Jesus set us free by his blood. Amen. He set us free from the snares. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. So the title of my message this morning is, If It Had Not Been the Lord. That's the way the psalmist starts this whole thing out. If it had not been for God, the end result would be much different than it is. So let's pray this morning. Heavenly Father, today, as we have come together in your house, Lord, we recognize that if it had not been for you, then we just sang a bunch of songs. Um, If not for you, Lord, then this is nothing more than a, a social gathering. If not for you, Lord, then I'm nothing more than a a motivational speaker and not a good one at that. God, if not for you, nothing is accomplished. But Lord, we realize that when you place your touch on something or someone, when you anoint something by your spirit, then it's able to accomplish great things. So today we just pray that you would enlighten us, that you would open our hearts and minds to your word, that we may receive it, and that today, God, that we would be able to leave here different than what we came in. God, those who come in discouraged, downcast, lost, fearful, that we might leave today saved, encouraged, lifted up, and walking by faith. And we pray all of these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. 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 This story, this is basically what the psalmist is saying here, was basically, you know, the enemy rose up against us to destroy us, to to take us captive. And if it hadn't been for God, he would have succeeded. Amen. Amen. If it hadn't been for the Lord who showed up at just the right time, the enemy would have won against me. How many of you in this place today have ever had God show up at just the right time? Had it not been for him, the enemy would have overcome us. It's kind of, like, kind of reminds me of the, the old Scooby-Doo cartoon, right? You know, I, we would have got away with it too if it hadn't been for you meddling kids, right? And I know the devil must say that a lot. When he works against our life and he tries to destroy us and so many times God swoops in and saves us and you know the devil many times probably says, and I would have gotten away with it too if it hadn't been for that meddling God. Aren't you glad glad God meddles? Aren't you glad he gets involved in our life? You know, it's not good for us to meddle. The opposite of meddle is minding your own business, right? Most of the time as humans, it's better to mind our own business than to meddle. When it comes to God, I'm so glad he didn't just mind his own business. Amen? He could have very well just minded his own business and left me to my own sin and destruction and the enemy would have won against me. But he decided to meddle. He decided to love me enough to get involved in my life and because of that, I'm saved. Amen? Hallelujah. So thankful for that this morning. One might say, this applies to every scenario, but you know, another person might say, I didn't know where my next meal was going to come from. I didn't know I was gonna pay that bill. I was on the verge of being destitute when God came through in a miraculous way and provided for me and met my every need. How many of you can testify to God doing that at times in your life? I've heard Christians say, you know, I received earth-shattering news from the doctor. The doctor was prepared to sign my death certificate. He He was about to make way for me to, he thought I'd be taking a slow ride in a hearse before long. But God, in His power and in His glory and His healing virtue, overshadowed me and drove the sickness and the disease right out of my body. And had it not been for God, I would be dead. Amen. I've heard lots of testimonies that way. I've heard many Christians say, if it had not been, I lived in bondage, bondage of unbelief, lust, greed, anger, fear, doubt, you name it. I lived in bondage. If it hadn't been for God to come in and set me free, I would have died in bondage. But God came in in all of his grace and made the difference, amen? He broke the chains that held me bound. And that's the ministry of Jesus. That's what he came to do, to set people free, to break those bonds and, and those, uh, those chains. And we gotta realize this morning, we sing these songs and we read these verses. And we, a lot of times we can take our salvation for granted. But when you really stop and think, if it hadn't been for the Lord, take him out of the equation, where would that have left me? Trusting in this world, right? Trusting in the world that we see around us? I'm thankful to have God in my life, aren't you? He has made all the difference. He is the deciding factor in every scenario. Psalm 127 and 1 says, "'Unless the Lord builds the house, "'those who build it labor in vain. "'Unless the Lord watches over the city, "'the watchman stays awake in vain.'" So in other words, any project we come up with, anything we want to do, if God is not in it, if God is not behind it, then it will fail. If, if the Lord is in it, it will work. That's what the Psalms tells us in chapter 1. that whatever we do will prosper when we meditate upon the law and the will of God. They, he who builds a house without God is building it in vain. We can like look at that from this church perspective. If, if we just built this church just to build a bigger church and God wasn't directing it, then we just got a bigger church. We just got a bigger building. It's worthless. But if God directs it, he saves souls. Amen? You look at the, you look at the, the temple, for example. You go all the way back into the Old Testament when God raised up uh, Solomon ones to, to build the temple and it was magnificent. It was breathtaking, the gold, the bricks, the beams, and and all of these types of things. But if God had not directed it, then they just had a pile of bricks and wood. But God was in it. God, his glory filled the temple. And that's what made the difference. The Bible says that after they had built the temple and the priests were there, everybody's standing around looking how beautiful the building is. But once God filled it, everybody's standing around talking about how good God is. Amen? Amen. And that's the same way with us. We are are now the temple of the Holy Ghost, right? We're building a building. We're building a life. And if we're building it without God in it, we're building it in vain. There's no purpose. There's no meaning. We are the temple of the Holy Ghost. Without the Spirit of God coming to dwell within us and to save us from our sins, we're nothing more than just skin and bones, flesh and blood. But when God's Spirit comes to abide within a person, hallelujah, we're a new creature. He makes all the difference. Amen. Hallelujah. I was thinking earlier when I was studying for this message, <clears throat> I thought about the Israelites when God had sent them to the promised land, okay, sent them to Canaan. And he promised them, he said, I'm going to I'm going to send you in, you're going to defeat all these people, I'm going to give you this land. And so they sent some spies in to kind of see what was going on in the land before they they attacked. And the spies come back and they said, "Oh, we could never beat these guys." We can't you Now, God is saying, you're going to win. I'm giving you this land. But man is saying, we can't do it, okay? And so, they, they got all the people stirred up, and they convinced the nation of Israel not to trust God and not to go in. In fact, they were ready to kill Moses and get rid of the leaders and go back to Egypt. And so, God was pretty upset by that. He said, you're not, you, you literally are going to tell me that I'm lying to you, that I won't take you in? So, God says to them, all right. You're not going to go in. You're going to wander out here in this wilderness for 40 years and then your kids, I'll take your kids into the promised land. So what happened is when the people heard this, Moses gets them all together and said, look, you've, you really blew it. So you're not going to see the promised land. You're not going in. God has said, you're going to die in this wilderness. Well, then they were like, oh, okay, no, no, we want to go in now. We'll, we'll do it. We'll do it. And so they got up early and they were ready to go in and conquer the land. And Moses gets up and he's fixing his coffin. He's like, where are you going? They said, we're going to go in and take the land. He said, oh, no, No, you aren't. God's already said that he's not going with us. Yeah, we're going to go. And Moses basically says this. If you go and fight those people, you're doing it without God. And they went out and they fought, and they got their tails whipped, right? What was the difference? God wasn't with them. If it hadn't been for God, he makes all the difference, right? He's looking for people who will trust him and walk in his path, Imagine this, the first time. You know, if you've got kids, you ever do the one, two, you know, tell them to do something and they won't do it, and you go one, two, and then by, by three and three quarters, they go and do it? You can eventually get them to do it by threatening their hind end, but as a parent, wouldn't you rather just them go do it the first time you told them? I would. Of course, my kids always you know first time i told them to do something they went and did it <clears throat> now i got lots of practice in counting I, i'm i can count one to three with my eyes closed one two three i've done it so much right but we would rather them go do it the first time in the same way with god god can ultimately get his work done i mean those people all died god raised up a generation and they went in and conquered it but god would rather us just do what he wants us to do the first time understanding that God's with us, and I can do everything that he gives me strength to do. And then in James chapter 1, verse 17 says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Every single thing good that happens in your life, if it hadn't been for God, it wouldn't have happened. Amen? Every good gift... Comes from the Father. If something good happens in your life, you need to understand that it was God who made a way for that to happen. If it had not been for God, then it may not have worked out that good. And even if it did work out in the beginning, if it hadn't been for God, it wouldn't have got turned around. Because here's the bottom line God is able to bring good things into our life. Do you believe that? Say amen. And God is able to take bad things in our life. And turn them around for good. How many of you believe that this morning? All things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to His purpose. Not every human on the earth can claim that promise. It doesn't just say all things work out for the good, It'll, everything works out for good to those who love God and are called according to His purpose. God makes all the difference hadn't been for God, maybe that good thing happened. Let me tell you something. If, if in your life you come across situations and something works out and you can honestly look at it and say, there's no reason that should have worked out, but it did. God is behind it. All good gifts come down from God and he is worthy of our glory. Amen. I had to say, I mean, I'm, I'm talking from the biggest of things to the simplest of things. Let me, let me give you an example. I'm driving home the other day, it was one day last week. I'm driving home. And it's, I don't know, gosh, it's Three in the afternoon, you know, it's not like it was dusk or anything. I'm I'm driving home, and I'm going 75 miles an hour down 76 Highway. We got a highway patrol in the room, so I'm, I was going 55 on the dot down the highway. <laughs> and as I'm driving, this deer comes comes out of the woods, and I mean, she is at a dead sprint. She is I don't know if something spooked or what, but she's just her ears are laid back. She's running so hard, and she I'm, here's my truck, and here she is. There is no, I, I, I mean, I literally clenched and just, I, I, I knew for a fact I was going to hit that deer. I mean, that's how, that's how she was on that trajectory. I was going that speed. I couldn't get slowed down and I knew, man, I'm going to hit this deer. I just clenched for it. The next thing I know, I hear no thump. I hear no thud. And I look back and she's like running off, you know, on the other side of the road. Singing, he set me free. Yes, he set me. Free. I don't know. That, that deer had a that deer had a very thankful look on its face because I guarantee the the deer also thought there's no way I'm missing this. This this guy's going to hit me. I don't. I, I honestly do not know how I didn't hit that deer. All I can all I know is that when she got right to the truck, she must have just darted, you know, one way or the other, and we just I barely missed. I, I guarantee you, I had her drool on the side of my truck, and so. And I went up and i thinking, there's no reason. I got home, I told, I told Tina, I said, there's no reason that I shouldn't have hit that deer. By all means, I should have hit that deer. So all I can do is give God glory for that. Amen? Every good gift, everything that good happens in my life, it happens. If not for God, nothing would ever good happen in my life. If I'd have hit the deer, it wouldn't have been the end of the world. And if I'd have hit the deer, it's not that God isn't good or wasn't with me but he would have made a way for me to get my truck fixed and get back on there. I mean, God takes bad and turns it back into good. That's that's how God works. I I always want to make sure that God is in my life because if it hadn't been for him, I would be lost. Who knows where I would be? I could be in hell right now. Any of us could be. There's plenty of times where my life, you know, I had close calls where, I mean, I I, I realized when it was all said and done, man, I, I could have been killed right there, but I'm not. I'm still alive. Amen. God spared me in my life and he spared me in my soul and my heart and I'm so thankful that God is the good God that he is. Amen? If not for the Lord, everything would be nothing. Think about that. If not for the Lord, I'm not winking at you all, I got something in my eye. If not for the Lord, everything would be nothing. God set everything, everything that's in motion, God set it in motion. And everything that is in motion, God keeps in motion. God started the universe and he keeps the universe going, right? So I want you to think about something for a second. We take it for granted because every day we get up, the sun's up and the moon comes up at night and just everything just works and keeps working. You look at our universe, our solar system and how it all works. And God set all of that in motion. Without God, none of that would have even started, right? Who was it that said, let there be light? God said, let there be light. So without God, none of that would have even got set into motion. But without God, none of that would continue to operate in motion. If God were to abandon mankind and withdraw himself from all of his creation, consider this for a minute. If God were just to say, you know what, forget it, and walk away and withdraw his presence from all of creation the entire universe, the entire solar system would just grind to a screeching halt. Our solar system would just blow apart. Do you understand how precise our solar system is? See, the way the, the earth in relation to the sun, if we were any closer to the sun, we'd all burn to death. If we were any farther away from the sun, we'd all freeze to death. But the earth spins at exactly the right angle, the right tilt, You tilt it one way out of the other, throws everything out of kilter. The earth tilts just the way it's supposed to tilt. It revolves around the sun just the way it's supposed to revolve around the sun. At the same time, I don't know if I can do my hands like this or not. At the same time, the earth is revolving around the sun. The moon is revolving around the earth. And all of this in the solar system is going like this. What makes it do that? How does it do that without colliding? I can't walk across the stage without tripping over my own feet. All of this works perfectly. Because what God set in motion, he keeps in motion. If God were to just withdraw himself, the whole solar system would blow apart. Hallelujah. Uh, You and I, if God, if God were to withdraw his presence from his creation, everyone, our hearts would immediately stop beating. I don't believe that our hearts would beat one more time if God were to just back off and, and let us go. When, when a, a baby is conceived and it begins to grow in its mother's womb, and then where there wasn't one before, <laughs> all of a sudden there's this life, and all of a sudden, not too awful long into that pregnancy, you can put a, a machine up there and start hearing, <laughs> you start hearing, there's a heartbeat. Just there's a a moment in the creation of that human being where that that heart just starts beating. Why? What makes it start beating? You know, science has got all the, the blood going through. No, no, no. What makes the heart beat? You cannot explain that to me to make my mind understand what keeps them all going. And it beats every second for your entire life because God set that heart in motion and he keeps it in motion. If God were just to back off and withdraw his presence from mankind, from all creation, our hearts would not beat another beat. Think about that for just a second. All of life, the sun would go dark and the, world, the earth would return to the darkness that covered the face of the deep. Not only would there be physical, natural darkness, there would be spiritual darkness. The Bible in Matthew, the Bible talks about how uh, when Jesus came and he began his ministry, there's a a scripture prophecy that said, to those who sat in darkness, a great light had sprung up. People who were lost and had no hope and life was grim and where is God and it's all meaningless. But suddenly in a moment's time, now they have hope, now they have peace. Why? Because light had come and drove away the darkness. Jesus made all the difference. Hadn't, Hadn't been for God, we're all still lost in our sin. Bound for hell. The seed, the seed is an amazing thing to me. If God were just back away from creation, all, all life would, would cease to exist just simply because the seed would not work anymore. You know, scientists, you, you can take, we don't know how a seed works. Even scientists scratch their head and they're, they're baffled at how a seed works. You, t- you take a seed and you plant it in a half inch of dirt and that seed has life in it, right? That seed germinates and then it begins to sprout and it begins to grow vine and then it grows up and it produces a fruit that has more seeds inside of it and you take those seeds and you plant them in a half inch of dirt and they grow up and they produce fruit with seeds and so on and so forth the whole concept of a seed it's the sustaining of life but the only way a seed can work is if it germinates when you put it in the ground what makes it do that even the brightest minds and scientists they can't figure out what makes it do that I know what makes it do that. God created it. If it hadn't been for the Lord, the seed would not germinate. It would not grow. And all life would cease to exist. Amen? Every living thing, humans, animals, plants, everything has a seed. And in that seed is life that continues the human race. Take God out of the equation. You have nothing but death. Amen? Spiritually, physically, emotionally, in every way, you're left with nothing but death. You don't have to turn there, but... In, in ezekiel the 47th chapter um ezekiel has this vision god gives him this vision and he sees the temple and in his vision from the temple water starts to flow under the threshold and starts to come out of the temple and it starts off kind of it's a kind of a trickle this the stream that's coming out of the temple is just kind of a trickle and ezekiel he, he writes that at first he, he wades out into the water a little bit and the water was ankle deep And he wades out just a little bit further, and then the water was knee-deep. He wades out a little bit further, and the water was waist-deep. He wades out a little bit farther, and and it's over his head. He's having to swim. And this river that flowed from the temple, he said, flowed out throughout the entire valley, and everywhere the water touched, there was life. It says, everything will live where the river goes. Everything will live where the river goes. The trees begin to come to life. Dead trees come back to life. This water ran into the Dead Sea. The Dead Sea over in Israel is the lowest place on planet Earth. It's the lowest point. And it's, it's, there's, it's a dead, called the Dead Sea for a reason. Everything, there's nothing live in it. it is, the, the, the salt content is so thick in the Dead Sea that nothing can live in it. There's no fish. You can't sink in the Dead Sea. You literally just float around on top. Dead. there's nothing that's living, but in this vision, the river, everything that the river touches lives. So the river gives life to these trees and the river flows into the Dead Sea and the Dead Sea is now fresh water. The Dead Sea now has fish living in it. Everywhere the river touches, there is now life. And this river, folks is nothing more it is the gospel of Jesus Christ. It was a prophecy of what was to come, that we who are dead in our trespasses and in our sins, that everywhere Jesus touches, life is given. Hallelujah. That which once was dead is now alive. That which was hopeless, now there's hope. Hallelujah. If it had not been for the Lord, the dead sea remains dead. The dead tree remains fruitless. But where the Lord is, now there's, there's life. Hallelujah. If not for the Lord, the dead remains dead. You know, read the Bible. If not for the Lord, the story in the Bible about Lazarus, it would just say Lazarus died. <laughs> kind of a boring story, right? Lazarus is sick. He's at the point of death. His sisters are worried about him and they send word to Jesus saying, Jesus, please come and Come and heal Lazarus, he's about to die. But if you'll come, you you can heal him and he won't die. Jesus, on purpose, waits two days. He didn't just jump up and rush and go heal Lazarus. He waited, on purpose, two days, waited for Lazarus to die. Now, had it not been for the Lord, that's where it would have ended. The sisters would have, for the rest of their life, thought, why didn't he come? Because they thought that anyway, to begin with. But they had the rest of their life. Why didn't he come? He could have come and he could have healed him. But he removed himself from the situation and let it go. So Jesus says, I, I want this to be bigger than just healing his sickness. I want him, I want him to die. And Jesus walks into town and the sisters come to him. They're like, why didn't you come? You could have come sooner. You could have healed him. But now he's dead. He's been dead for four days. Now there's no hope. But see, everywhere that the river touches, now there's life everybody every person every soul every mind that Jesus touches now where there once was death now there's life and Jesus said, hey, hey don't worry about this I got it Lazarus come out of that grave and that which was dead sprung to life and Lazarus come walking out of the tomb Amen. it hadn't been for the Lord he to stay dead but because the Lord was a factor the dead death was reversed hallelujah the, the last part of Ezekiel there, and he's, it's, it's kind of, it's giving a, uh, a division of the land. You know, Israel, once they got into Canaan, there's 12 tribes of Israel, and God divided that land up amongst the 12 tribes. And so, the last part of Ezekiel, it's talking about basically how that land is divided up. And I thought this was interesting. The very last verse in Ezekiel, it, it, it says, uh, the name of the city from that time on shall be the Lord is there. Okay, that's what we're going to call the land, basically. That's what you're going to call your city the Lord is there. Don't you want that to be the name of your home? Don't you, want that, don't you want that to be what is said of your home? The Lord is there. Don't you want that to be what is said of this church? The Lord is there. Don't you want that to be said of you as an individual? The Lord is there. He's in that temple. He said that you're going to divide the inheritance and now we're going to call it the Lord is there. <laughs> so why is that significant? It's desert. It's desert land. Big whoop. I mean, if I was to come to you and say, hey, I've got some land I want to give you, great. It's God forsaken barren wasteland. Oh, yay, thanks. So this desert land, without God, it's just desert land. But with God, God said, I'm giving you this land, a land that flows with milk and honey. What does that mean? It's a prosperous land. It grows things. Take God out, desert, wasteland, worthless. Put God in it. Flush, not flush, plush, flush fruit, plush fruit, God is in it and now it's blessed. It's a good inheritance because God is in it. Amen. He made, he made the difference. In, in John chapter 9, we read where Jesus and his disciples are walking through town and they come across this guy who is blind. He's been blind his entire life. And the disciples ask Jesus, they say, well, they said, somebody had to have sinned in order for this guy to be blind. Who sinned? Did his parents sin before he was born, and that's why God sh- struck him with blindness? Or did this guy sin, and so God struck him with blindness in their mind? The only reason something bad would happen to a person is because God, they had sinned and God was punishing them, which isn't the truth. That's not the case at all. And Jesus said, oh, no, you guys have got this all wrong. He, he's not blind because he or his parents or somebody sinned. He's blind. He was born blind so that the works of God can be seen so that God has an opportunity to, to show out and show who he is to, to the world around him. That's why this guy was born blind. And so Jesus gets down, he spits on some mud and he, he works it up and he puts it, in his, he puts it in the blind man's eyes. He says, now go over to the pool and wash your eyes out. And When, when the guy washed this mud out of his eyes, he opens his eyes and for the first time in his life, he can see. And as you can imagine, he was kind of excited about that. I was just excited when I got LASIK I could see 2020. Let alone having been pitch back black blind my whole life. And then all of a sudden now I can see. And he's walking around and he's excited he can see. And so everybody that knows him, they're like, man, what's going on? They knew he was a blind man. How, what's going on? So he's telling them, this man named Jesus come by and he put spit and mud and stuff like and I can see he healed me. And so the religious crowd, the Pharisees, who wanted, they were trying everything they could do to shut Jesus up. This this whole miracle thing kind of threw a wrench in their plan. They're like, they're trying to get Jesus shut up, but he just healed this guy. And so they're like, well, okay, we gotta, we gotta put a stop to this. So they go to the, to the guy that's just been healed and they say, hey, you, you know, what happened what happened? And the guy explained to him, hey, I was blind, Jesus did this and that something else, and he put the mud and I, I washed, now I can see. And they say, well, this guy probably wasn't really blind. Let's go, let's go talk to his parents. Maybe he's not really blind, maybe he's faking it. And so they go to the guy's parents said was this was your son really born blind because he's, he's out walking around and he can see now and the parents said well that is definitely our son and he was definitely we don't know why he can see now but he he was definitely born blind and so they went back to the man and they said well you need to stop talking about jesus you know we, we don't jesus is the center he would have never if he was really of god he would have never healed you on the sabbath day <laughs> And so the blind guy says this, and this is the point of all of this. The guy basically just says, look, I'm not a real spiritual person. I'm paraphrasing a bit, but this is basically what he says. I'm not a real spiritual person. I don't know a lot, and I admit that. And I don't know all the details. All I know is I was blind, and now I can see. That's all I can tell you. Had it not been for Jesus i would still be blind that's all i can tell you is that when jesus came in and touched me now things are different had it not been for the lord i'd I'd still be blind to this day he says (laughs) take god out of the situation and the outcome is completely completely different This goes on with every scenario but let me just just indulge me jesus comes into samaria The bible says most jews didn't ever go to samaria okay they tried to avoid samaria because they didn't like the people who lived there they were called samaritans jews just did not like samaritans and they did everything they could to avoid them the bible says that jesus said to his disciples i need to go through samaria jesus wasn't out to avoid people he was out to get in contact with people who needed him i need to go through samaria so he goes through samaria long story short he meets this woman She was not your, she wasn't an angel. She wasn't your church-going lady. She had a very colorful past. And Jesus comes up, he meets her at this well. She's drawing water. And he strikes up a conversation with her and he begins to reveal to her who he is. He begins to expose and show her that he knew what her background was. And he began to speak into her life, and she realized, she said, "Man, I know you, you've got to be a prophet because nobody would know what you just told me about myself. So he's got her attention. He begins to, he begins to reveal himself to her and who he is, that, that he's the Messiah. She runs to town, into Samaria, gets a whole bunch of people, and, brings, and this, this has got to be the Messiah. He just got done telling me everything I've ever done. He just expo- He told me all about my sin. Come out and see him. And a lot of people are probably like, oh, uh, yeah, no thanks. <laughs> you know, I don't want him telling everybody what I did, but... But everybody came out, Samaritans came from everywhere and Jesus, they, they begged him to stay for a while. They just had a revival right there. Jesus is preaching to these Samaritans and they're just getting saved left and right. What happened? The river had just flown into that area that previously had been dead. Now there's life where before there was shame and guilt and regret, unbelief and sin and lust and the whole bit, but now There's a people who are hungry for God. Had it not been for Jesus, this woman at the well, we would know her as the woman at the well. She'd be lost for eternity. All those people in Samaria lost for eternity. Jesus makes all the difference. And the good news is that river still continues to flow today. Amen? Amen? That Jesus, through his spirit, is here today. He's over the world. He is here. You look at the world, and yes, it looks chaotic, and it looks like God has lost control. Believe me, he has not lost control. Had it not been for God, this place would have already exploded. God is what is holding this world together. Yeah, man has lost their marbles, but God is still with it. Amen? His presence is still available, and he is still touching and healing in our lives. Now, this could go on and on, but I'm going to wrap it up. Just here's a couple last-minute thoughts here. If not for the Lord, the earth would still be pitch black. If not for the Lord, David just brought a rock to a sword fight, right? God made the difference there. You don't, you don't go to fight a soldier who's got a big sword with a rock. You just don't do that. Instead, you might say David brought the rock to a sword fight, amen? <laughs> if, if not for the Lord... Daniel was a midnight snack. If not for the Lord, the three Hebrew children were roasted marshmallows. That's just how my brain works. But you get the point. If not for the Lord, Moses needed a boat. We know God split the water and they walked across on dry ground. Had it not been for God, they could not have done that. They needed a boat to get across. He would have had to get with Noah and see if his boat was available that weekend. Right? Had it not been for the Lord, though, Noah's boat would be nothing more than an anchor. It wouldn't have floated. It wouldn't have stayed up. Now, what about us? What about in our life, let's bring it home? If it had not been for the Lord, if not for the Lord, a marriage is nothing more than a legal contract. It means nothing more than on paper, legally in the courthouse, you're married. Add God to the mix. You have a, a proper union where things work the way they're supposed to. Without the Lord, a house is just a place to sleep you put the Lord in the mix, your house can become a temple, become a place where your children can grow in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. Your house becomes a place where you can get a hold of God when you have needs, that sickness comes or that loved one dies or that job is gone and that bill comes up and in your house, you can hit your knees and turn your bed into an altar that quick. Without the Lord just a place to sleep, but with God it's a place to get a hold of God. It's, a, it's, a, it's an environment where people can grow in the Lord. Without the Lord, kids are just a tax deduction. Amen? But with God, who gives children to us, they are a gift from God, the Bible says. They, they become such a joy in our life, right? Because we recognize that how did that heart start beating? You know, God gave me that that child, what a gift. Without God, a church is nothing more than a social club. We, we, We meet, you know, on Sunday and kinda sing some songs and hear a little speech and we go about. Without the Lord, we walk in those doors and we walk out the same way we came in, without God. But with the Lord, we can walk into these doors and a church can be a place where his word is spoken, where his spirit moves and draws. That's how we get saved. We don't get saved because we just decided, oh, okay, I think we'll get saved. We get saved because the spirit of God draws us, reveals to us that we're sinners and that we need salvation and then draws us to Jesus. So if the Lord's here, then we come in and we, we come in contact with God. His spirit deals with us. We get saved. We pray for one another. We lift one another up. So we, we don't have to, we come in discouraged. We can leave encouraged. We, you know, we come in lost, we can leave saved. And you name it. You come in fearful of the world around you. You can leave with the peace of God that passes all understanding. What makes the difference? The good, the good sermon? No. I'm not the one that makes the difference. That's too much pressure. I don't want that job. God is the one that makes all the difference. Have it not been for the Lord? We've all just got to see each other and shake hands. It was fun, but we didn't really accomplish anything. But since the Lord is here, he can change you. He can help you. He can strengthen you. He can encourage you. Because he's here, he makes all the difference. Without the Lord, we're all just lost. We're as lost as we can be. No hope of eternity Had it not been for the Lord, we would all just have a reservation in hell and no chance of getting out of it. But God loved us enough to leave it there. Amen? Because of the Lord who came and died and went to the cross, that all the goodness of God could be made available to us through the cross of Jesus Christ. Amen? He makes all the difference. And I hope and pray this morning that if you don't know the Lord, if you've never been saved... I just hope that today's the day you do that. God's been dealing with you. If God's been dealing with you, don't don't run, don't keep running from Him. Do yourself a favor, and just run to Him. That song was so sweet. That was, that was great. God God runs after us. He does everything He can to to win us over, to let us see how much He loves Him. If if you've never just surrendered your life to Him, do it today. Don't wait. Hey, don't wait don't don't rob yourself out of a whole other other lot of blessings because you want to cling to your pride maybe i don't know what keeps us from getting saved earlier i don't know i don't know how many times i've had people say i've never had anybody ever tell me oh i just got saved too early in life i wish i would got saved later in life i've never heard anybody say that but i've heard a lot of people who got saved later in life say I wish I would have gotten saved a long time ago. I wish I would have gotten saved when I was younger. All the things I could have avoided, the mistakes that I made and the things that sin brought in my life that I could have avoided had it been, had it been for the Lord, if I'd have turned to the Lord. So there's no reason to wait. I want to read to you in closing Psalm chapter 94. Down along the lines of verse 17. <clears throat> it says this, if the, Lord, if the Lord had not been my help my soul would soon have lived in the land of silence. When I thought my foot slips, your steadfast love, O Lord, help me up. I love that verse. When I thought I'm slipping, I'm falling, I can't stand, I can't do this, the Lord comes along and holds me up. Had it not been for the Lord, I would have fallen a long time ago. But with the Lord, he's the deciding factor. He holds me up when I can't walk and stand on my own. When the cares of my heart are many, your consolations or your comforts cheer my soul. And then verse 22 just simply says, but the Lord has become my stronghold, my God, the rock of my refuge. Without God, I fall. With God, I can stand. Amen? Hallelujah. Without God, I'm lost. With God, I'm saved. Hallelujah, bow with me this morning. Thank you, Jesus, for your word. Thank you, God, for your love, for your mercy that reaches down to the depths of sin. Wherever we're at, no matter where we've been or what we've done or what kind of life we have in our past, your love reaches all the way down to the bottom and lifts us up, sets our feet on a solid ground, Lord. It establishes our goings, establishes our life the way that you would have it to be. Hallelujah. Had it not been for you this morning, nothing is fruitful in this place. But I believe and I'm confident and I know with all of my heart that you are here today. That your spirit is here, Lord, to touch hearts and lives. And we just ask you to do that this morning. This is, Lord, I re- realize that I can't do anything. I can't not meet people's le- needs. I, I, I can't convince them in my own words to turn to you, Lord. It's a work of your spirit. And I believe that you'll honor your word. You'll honor your promises. And that your spirit will move here today as you see fit. Hallelujah.